Shmai John, Tinian. Shmai, Yam Dioch, Ati. Yeah, Yam. Not enjoying January, I have to say. It's dark. It's cold. It's we've had snow. We had snow in North Wales it's for been, the first time since I've moved here. It's been very cold, hasn't it? It uh, has. Very wet, very dark. But yeah, January is probably not my favourite month of the year. What is your favourite month? Uh, October. It's when my birthday is, you see. Oh, okay. No, but I like the autumn. I like the colours changing on the leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that kind of like crisp, bright days where it's not freezing cold, but there's a, there's a crisp in the air, but you've yeah, got maybe... Yeah less cloud it's stiller but with that low sun as well yeah it's just nice and it's before the clocks change as well so it's Mm. not yet taking that massive hit and I think yeah January has been uh, yeah weather's been what it has been but it it can feel that kind of like dreary time sometimes after Christmas can't it yeah it can it can I've got to say my favourite my favourite months are probably um, Miss Oust and Miss Meddy August and September yeah. I think I like those months yeah Pam no I don't know her who is she <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry God. sorry um, why um, I think it's just I don't know I, I think I've re- in August I've reached a point where I've had a, I've had sufficient time just to unwind yeah and I probably my equilibrium is probably the best oh good word I know, I know. What's, what's from equilibrium in Camarag? Equilibrium. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> have no idea. No. I have no <laughs> Stupid idea. Stupid question for you. Yeah. But that's, um, we'll, we'll start with the tough question, now we can move on to the good stuff, you see. Now I've asked you to translate equilibrium. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The rest of the conversation now is going to be dead, dead simple, isn't it? So, yeah. So, um, just to um, kind of just let everybody who may actually be listening right now know what where this conversation is going two of us have been reading cave time by jeff voth we I have. actually find that name quite hard to say there's a lot of thirds and thirds there is isn't there yeah if if you were called jeff voth would you change your name or would you just say parents what did you call me in a person well we called you jeffrey so jeffrey voth would have been easier to say jeffrey voth is actually easier to it say is, isn't, isn't it? it yeah Anyway, um, yeah, we've been reading a book called uh, Cave Time. Um, yeah. Sadly, nothing to do with Batman. But yet, I don't know. I haven't no, read no, the whole no. book. So. You mean you've not read it all? No, I've only read chapter <laughs> one. No, so it's about, it's, it's about um, that, the need, isn't it, for us to all go to that place where we can find God. Is that, would that be a good summary of what you've yeah, read? Yeah, I so think far? the subtitle for the book was uh, Man's Place to Escape from the challenges of life and find God or man's place to escape with God is it or something yeah, like that God's, God's plan I think yeah. it's, I think it's the, a little bit more succinct than that it probably is it? yeah because I've definitely I've definitely butchered that book. <laughs> this isn't a very good advert is it for a, this is why I'm not a book publisher or a book uh, ghost writer or editor mm. uh, but yes the idea uh, is taken from David's life King David in the Bible the guy with the sling who killed the giant um which I'm sure many of you have heard of or read about at one point in his life, he specifically finds himself in a cave. And so the book um, is about unpacking that and looking at some of the lessons from David's life and giving us some tips as men and as guys to um, be able to engage with life and the challenges it throws at us in in a godly way, but in a way that um, helps us 
survive. That's, that's really good. And though I wasn't able to translate equilibrium into Kumrag, I can translate cave as Ogov. Sorry? Ogov. Ogov. Oh. You know, as in Dana Rogov. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So there you go. That's, there we go. That, that, that's and time is Amser, so... Uh... That's right. <laughs> Between Amser, us. Amser, Ogov. Amser, I quite like Ogov. that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, Easier to say than Jeff Foth. <laughs> which I've just said wrong so there we go absolutely absolutely um, and the other thing that's slightly different about before we go into the kind of conversation about the stuff that we've been reading and hopefully that's going to be really helpful to everyone it will it's been be really massively helpful to me I have to say but we've also rebranded the um, Podlediad the podcast to um, Straight Talk yes because we are talking straight yeah well, absolutely. I think it's really important, isn't it? To yeah. I think people want us to talk, to talk straight and be honest, don't yeah. they? Because I think, for me, um, I think just holding on to um, balance or equilibrium is increasingly hard, isn't it? It's just to, to the, the life is 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 ups and downs, isn't it? And and I think and not always. At different times, sometimes those ups and downs are simultaneous, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. well, like four seasons in a day. <laughs> That's but, average. But, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I think someone uh, described it, or someone quoted someone else who described it as rather than sort of a roller coaster of the ups and downs, that actually it's like train tracks of the the highs and the lows yeah, yeah. at the same time, sometimes, or the challenges and the successes at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but finding balance in that is tricky because it can feel like sometimes we're being pulled, not you and I, but yeah. <laughs> internally maybe we're being pulled apart or, I don't know about you, sometimes it can feel like, actually I feel like I'm in a bit of a washing machine, like mm. just going, not round in circles, but I'm just being tossed around yeah. by some certain situations and circumstances. But at the same time, there's some good stuff happening. So, you know, I'm enjoying the fabric softener. I don't know where I'm going with that metaphor. Yeah. I've butchered that as yeah, well. Now. Absolutely, and I have no way of, of um, developing that thought uh, because it felt so random. So I'm going to actually start something brand new here and say, actually, none of this is Brilliant. new. It feels like it's really new. It feels like, I don't know, for me, it feels like we've come out of like the last few years of COVID. Sorry, I've oh. mentioned the word again. but We're going to have a COVID swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Five every time really you say good it. Idea. That's a really good idea. But it does feel like we've come out of out of the last few years. Yeah. And the world has just dramatically changed. And when you could put that down to a whole bunch of different things, and yeah. it's like really hard to navigate through it. But I remember uh, right back in two thousand and four. Now, so that's like what um, eight nine years ago. I was a wee nipper. Yeah, no. You were a wee nipper. Yeah, I was a young man. 2004. Um, but I remember being part of a men's group in Cardiff, and my then men's group leader, who was also our pastor, yeah. um, I, I went to him and I talked to him about some stuff in my life that I'd been struggling with for a long period of time. And I was a co-leader of the group with him. And he said to me, he said, you have made it yourself out to be just, you know, getting on with life yeah. to everyone around you all the guys in our group think you're doing well you're a real spiritual guy and that and, and yet you, you, you've 
you've been holding all this stuff internally and not sharing it with anyone. Yeah. And that's really let the group down because you haven't you haven't been honest about yes. where you're at. And so you've kind of put in a false benchmark. The benchmark is where John is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But he's not there. It's the mask he's thing. He's hiding the whole fig leaf thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Garden of Eden. No, no, I get where you're going with that. No, I think you're right. And I, what's interesting is we read this first chapter, not together, we didn't like phone each other up. We read it separately, but mm. uh, around the same time. And one of my earlier thoughts, in some ways, part of this book, and I can't remember if I said it to you or you said it to me, but we agreed with each other, was there's a... It's like looking in an uncomfortable mirror. Yeah. <laughs> As we started reading yeah. this book, like uh, looking at some of the way we've responded to life or the way in which we are feeling about mm. situations, challenges, just general stuff. Um, it felt like an uncomfortable mirror, but I suppose you kind of got to know what's not right in order to fix it or at least let God fix it. Yeah, and that's absolutely. the beauty here, isn't it? Actually, we've not got to look at that awkward, uncomfortable mirror and put together a, a diet plan or whatever it is. Mm. We've got to put that into practice, but actually it's, it's God that's got the plan for us yeah. and it's him that's going to help us in that. And part of that help is is one another, which I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about, um, which we've talked about before in this podcast, but I'm sure we'll come to. It is. And, and I'm, just, I'm just thinking of, um, actually this time last year, um, I had come out of, um, well, no, just before Christmas, um, of 2021 I had um, started to intentionally lose weight and I was every time I got onto the weighing scales after a while I'd lost another load of weight I'd lost another load of weight and it coincided with me having a backache yeah and um, I, so I was thinking I had this backache around my my kidney area yeah and every time I got onto the weighing scales, I'd lo- lo- lost another chunk of weight. And everyone around me was saying, um, you're looking very thin, John. You, you know, is it intentional? And yeah, it's like, yeah. And I, and I was getting really, really paranoid. And I went through this whole, there is a point to this story. I, I went through this whole um, process of thinking that I might actually have cancer. Right, yeah. I was really worried about yeah. that. But I was frightened to go to Googled. the doctor. Dr. Google told you you had cancer, Google. did he? Yeah. No, I didn't Google it either. But I was frightened to go to the okay. doctor because I thought, I, if I've got cancer, do I really want to know that I've got cancer? Well, of course I want to know I've got cancer because I need to get the treatment, you know. You need to know but what the problem is in order to find a, a, solution, a solution to it. To, to manage it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I did go to the doctor in the end um, because I sat in my living room with my wife and my son and I looked at them, and I thought, not particularly with this word, but I thought, flip, what if I'm not around for them? And that was the moment when I just thought, I've got to work this one out. Yep. I've got to know what's going on. If it's that, I've got to go and get the treatment. You yes. Know. If it isn't that, I've got to know what it is so I can sort it out. Of course. But what I can't do, the irresponsible thing to do... It's is be an to, ostrich. It's to be an ostrich, because these two... Like it or not, they need me. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I, I felt it again when I was reading this, started okay. reading this book, that, that looking in the mirror thing, 
was I didn't want to look in the mirror. <laughs> I thought if I could actually put this book right down, yeah. down right now and not actually think about anything ever again and yeah. just crap on with my life. But put a book in a drawer, move on. But I've still got to look at those two in the living room and say, well, actually, if, if this stuff is revealing stuff in my life that's not right, yeah. and for anyone who's listening to it, it could be anyone, couldn't it? It could be any family member, friends or whatever. Yeah. And people we are responsible to and for. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it is that thing of looking in the mirror and seeing what you don't want to see. Yeah. And thinking the easiest thing is not to look in the mirror. True. But actually, that's not going to help anyone. And it, and it wouldn't have helped me a year ago. No. Turns out I didn't have cancer. Turns out I was diagnosed with diabetes. Yeah. And that is manageable. Yes. But you still don't want to let that go. No. You, you still yeah, can't ignore that either. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, I, I think... Um, so just going into the book a little bit, so this is yeah. all a little bit like blue sky. Um, what I'd like to open with is this um, this thought that he that Jeff Voth by the end of this podcast we're going to be saying JV. that like, Let's just like call JV, JV. Uh, so um, <laughs> one of the first things he talks about is our understanding of masculinity yes. and I think this is a subject I don't know about you but this is a subject I think we tend to avoid as well what, what does actually, what is masculinity because it's almost like you know, the whole toxic masculinity thing yes. and all of that. So he's like, oh, we won't talk about it at all. But I like what he said. And he said, one of the first um, enemies we must contend with is our basic image of what manhood really is. I believe that every man's understanding of masculinity has been distorted. And this distortion began way back in the Garden of Eden, soon after the first man was placed on this planet. Yeah. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, that's, that's, he's taken us right back to that story with Adam and Eve, I guess, isn't he? And yes. You know, Eve eating the fruit, and we've, we've actually been quite happy to blame Eve blame. ever since. Absence and blame culture, yeah. But we were standing, Adam was standing right next to her. Yeah. Probably egging her on. Possibly. Possibly, but he's definitely there not intervening. He's definitely there not saying hang on a minute but he's very quick to pass the buck when responsibility when God, God asks what happened isn't it it's sort of well you yeah. the, the woman you put here so it's almost like double blame culture Adam blames God and he blames Eve rather than yeah. taking any sense of responsibility himself it's that old it's that old thing isn't it um, that when um, Eve um, Eve ate the fruit Adam blamed Eve. Yeah. Eve blamed the serpent, and the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> yeah. One dad joke. Yeah, yeah. Very um, good. Um, so, my question is when we have had however many years, um, and I'm not going to put, I'm not gonna put a number <laughs> on that because yeah. that's problematic, uh, but how, however many years there have been since that happened, we have had a basic distorted view of masculinity. Yep. How do we sort that out now? Uh, <coughs> read the book. <laughs> read Cave Time. Read, read Cave Time. <laughs> uh, well, humility is always a good place, isn't it? Understanding that yeah. we haven't got it sorted and we're not going to fix it or master it ourselves. 
And that's the purpose of this book, isn't it? Pointing us to the other book, (laughs) the Bible, is to understand and actually drawing truth in Scripture and looking at who Jesus is, Mm. who Jesus came to be. Surely there's a better revelation or the best revelation of of what true masculinity is in terms of how God intended it to be. And that's seen in Jesus, I guess. Yeah, sacrificial, servant-hearted grace but also not absent of truth grace mm. and truth those two things mm. together um, yeah I mean we could list a whole heap of stuff I love the fact that when you actually do when, when you read the Bible properly um, and I'm not saying that in an arrogant way because I think we all have to <laughs> we have to learn how to read it don't we At, it's that's part of the the whole discipleship process, I yes. guess, isn't it? But what we see in Jesus is everything that we we should be. Yeah. And and on one level, if it, you know, I I look at my own life and I think, do you know what? I'm so far from who Jesus is and from what Jesus yeah. is. Um, that 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 can be excruciating. Yeah. It's like you know, but on the other on the other hand. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, I can. We are all that far from him. We can, we can be a bit kinder to ourselves, and we can continually look to him yes. for for that. Um, well, example. For example, and yeah. and help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he says, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. There's not a there's not a heaviness that he's putting no. on us. Quite the opposite. He wants to lift that heaviness from us. Um, JV did yeah. go on just shortly after that to say <laughs> nice. that God's expectation of us all is that we will have an individual relationship with him yeah. and to stand with him alone yes yeah he, I think he, uh, what I read from that from my highlights uh, is he talks about pursuing a relationship with God doesn't he yeah uh, was it pursue pursue an individual relationship with God first that's what Jesus does, isn't it? How many how many times Jesus in, in the gospel accounts does he withdraw to a lonely place to pray? Or how many times does he go up on a mountain to pray? Or how many times does he get up early in the morning to go and pray? The the the, the revelation of that is that Jesus spent time with God the Father. Jesus pursued that relationship with God the Father first. Mm. Uh, even as a young boy, twelve in the temple, would you, did you not? He says to his mum when she's realised he's missing, "Did you not know I'd be about my father's business?" And so there's that example uh, for us. And then I guess the onus is on us in some ways. And I think JV puts it. He, called, he uses the word pursue, doesn't he? Yeah. He's not. He's not writing the Bible, but the Bible does talk about this pursuit of God and our relationship with it doesn't it It talks about the running like an endurance race running the race to win throwing off everything that hinders Um, there's loads of pictures around that that idea actually that it doesn't just come instantaneously to us we have to put a level of effort in but the great news is again as the Bible encourages us as we draw near to God he draws near to us and so we see it modelled in Jesus Jesus put the time in if we put the time in, God, God's there, ready uh, mm. to help us, I think, with that and equip us in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, um, I mean, 
so, so the trajectory here is uh, that the very first thing that any of us, in terms of understanding our masculinity and what that actually looks like and being the best version of ourselves, um, the best masculine version of ourselves and yep. owning that is that we learn how to have that personal relationship yeah. with God. That actually, that's what Jesus shows us really, really crystal clear, isn't it? Mark 1, 35, early in the morning, while it was still yep. dark, Jesus goes off to a solitary place where he prayed. Yeah, and which, which similar, I, I guess, in its description, its language, though he doesn't do that there, but like in going into a cave yeah, yeah, is totally. a place of... of solitariness and quietness with yeah. and before God so the, that's again it links in with the title of the book and what he's yeah. drawing out from David's experience as well yeah absolutely and that place is is um, so when Jesus is going off to that, that that solitary place while it's still dark and David is going into the cave of Adullam um, both of them are going there not knowing Necessarily, what God is going to, where they're going to meet God in yes. that, and what God is going to say. But they both recognise the importance of that pursuit. Yeah. So, have you got a cave? I haven't got a cave. No. What is <laughs> a man cave? No, I haven't even got one of those. No, I haven't got a man cave. I don't live in. A, don't live in a property big enough for that. To be fair, um, I've got a man corner in my bedroom. Um, but um, no, I haven't even got that to be fair. Um, but that place, what, what is your place? Where, where, do you, where do you go to be with God on a regular basis? And I, I guess, I, I want to say, you, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not preempting anything yeah, here, yeah. but you might not have that. Maybe that's something that you think I should have, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so, in, some, in some ways geography helps. So like not every day and not all the time, but again, like a, a solitary walk on the prom in Abba, uh, a solitary walk up Consty Hill or something like that in Abba again. Consty Hill. Just, well, it, I slept on the top of Consty Hill, do you know? You what? I slept overnight oh. on the top of Consty Hill. For fun or? No, we were at a conference. So you know the, the, oh, yeah. uh, the uh, Evangelical Movement of Wales have their conference. So we went there every year as kids and we were in the youth club. If you didn't get back to the youth club before 11 o'clock each night, the doors were locked. Yeah, brutal. It was brutal. And we got there after 11 o'clock and true enough, the doors were locked. And so a group of us went and sat up, you know, on the veranda. On yeah, the, yeah. yeah. We slept, slept on, the, on the veranda. Did you meet God up there? No, but I didn't get much sleep either. No. It was very cold. <laughs> <laughs> sure it was. That's so, in summer. Um, yeah. So yeah, so a change of perspective, something like that. And I think that, that draws that truth out of scripture mm. that Jesus chose those places for a reason. That could be helpful. Uh, but the more regular place, um, and we can move swiftly on from this, uh, is the shower. Ah, and the coward. Yeah. Uh, coward, s- that is coward, not yeah. coward. Yeah, 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 thank you. Because uh, <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, yeah. A- Akos, it's uh, my G-U-R-V, just just mm. us. Um, you can shut the door. You've got, you don't take your phone into the shower, generally, so you've got no, no distraction. Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, the just, iPhone is waterproof these days. I haven't tested that in no, the shower yet. Yeah, no. But um, 
other phones are available uh, apparently um, but no for me that that feels like a great place in which I tend to use that time yeah. to pray to worship to mull over something I've been reading in the Bible um, and not even necessarily to find inspiration for them yeah. doing anything with that but just to have that time with with God sure that works for me Where, where's your cave John well I, I feel before I go to go to my cave uh, in, in terms of explaining <laughs> that I do want to share with you because I think that this will make um, you'll understand this now next to our toilet is a Bible yes I have a Bible next to the toilet and I do I, I just find I find those moments just to stop and it's quiet and I've got no choice but to let it be that. Yeah. I'm few and far between and sitting on the toilet is one of those. I can't do anything else other than... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, whereas if I go and sit in the living room, even if I am on my own, there's, there are plenty of distractions in the living room. I can do whatever else and I can crowd... I can crowd it out there. Um, so I, um, moving on from that, obviously, um, I this last Monday morning, actually, at the time of recording, so this is the first time I've ever done it. I, well, Sunday evening, uh, my wife said to me, she actually said to me, our wives are great um, and, and very wise at times, all the time, obviously. Um, <laughs> But um, she said on Sunday night, um, what's your schedule looking like tomorrow? I said, it's a bit of an admin day. She said, well, why don't you take half the day off and go somewhere wow. and just be with God? <laughs> what an offer. Well, you know, I, so I went to uh, Trath Llanthwyn, or Llanthwyn, if you're a proper South Walian, um, the Llanthwyn Beach, you know where um, Santos Doinwyn Oh yes. Um, yeah. she, was, she wasn't from there. Uh, Do you know where she was from originally? I want to say Anglesey. Oh, this morning. Uh, no. Oh. No. Is there, she, there's a church, isn't there? On yeah. Side? Well, that's that's um, that's yeah. Fanswin Beach, yeah. which is yeah, that's on Anglesey on oh. this morning. So you're right. She, that's where it's, she she went. That's her pilgrimage and where she became um, a saint. Yeah. And where she had her convent and um, a little chapel. And all of that stuff. Um, she came from Brecon Beacons originally. Oh, right. Apparently. Did not know that. She was a very beautiful woman. Right. Apparently. That's why she's patron saint of lovers. Yes. Anyway, um, so I went I went there on um, Monday morning and just spent an hour and a half on the beach there. And it was amazing because it was like crash... The waves were crashing in and I was just walking... I was... I was I was just mooching about, you know that old <laughs> that old phrase mooching. Just, yeah. So cl- climbing up on the dunes, looking at driftwood, praying, reading my Bible. It's just like you know, and literally it was that I felt like I was a million miles away from anything, and it was only me and God. Yeah. There, and I think um, increasingly I I just find it really hard to to find God in the house inside I think when I go out yes. I yes. find it a lot lot easier and I think it is because all of those distractions are just taken away does that make sense it does make sense I think you're right it's I'm not just... saying I can't find God in the house I no. do and he is there and I feel I do feel his presence there but <clears throat> it's a lot easier to connect yeah 
went in, away from everything. But in the, the passages about Jesus, now I know life was a bit different in the sort of first century um, Near East, but it doesn't say Jesus went into the basement or Jesus went to the tavern or Jesus went to the house next door. Um, okay, he was in the synagogue at times, but most of the time it was outdoors, yeah. up high. Yeah. So, um, and uh, we were looking just just the other night in a church life group at uh, Psalm 98, one of many Psalms, but it talks about praise and praising God and talks about how creation praises God. And so when you think about it, being outside in the created world that points to a creator God, mm. of course that's the place we're going to most meet yeah, him yeah. and yeah. hear from him, I would imagine. It's certainly a place I feel refreshed going outdoors, sure. getting fresh air, being in nature, not because there's anything special about nature, but actually for me, nature points me to the creator of that nature. Yeah, it yeah. puts me puts us in God's back garden, doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah, it does. It does. It's just and living in Wales, it's you know God's promised land. So. It's God's promised <laughs> land. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I do think part one of the one of the things in the Bible which is a promise of God is that He will lead us into the open, wide spaces, isn't it? That kind of that that, that open. Like where there's no almost like there's no there's no boundaries is it's just you know you're frowning at me now no um, no I'm just um, thinking you're right yeah um, and so I think the more we get out and the more we as you say see what God has created yes. that sense of your soul just having the space to breathe yeah 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 is it feels biblical it feels it it feels right and 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 that. And wherever we live, I mean, I know we li- we live here in Wales, and we li- we both live yes. on the coast, and that gives a real sense of openness. But surely it's the same if you go out in a city and you just go to a local park or whatever, and you just see you see stuff it's there. Like green, yeah, yes. absolutely. Or I don't know. I, I mean, it, 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 I think there's lots of ways in which that can happen, isn't it? But um, yeah. Um, so my, so I think in. in long-winded way of saying I think my cave is is literally out there yeah I think you know I think you're right yeah I I do reason I frown at you is because it's the second time this week I've heard a mention of that that wide open space and I I generally I I thought you were frowning because I was butchering the Bible no I was frowning at you because (laughs) I was concentrating and I think when we hear the same thing repeated Mm. well of course you have to hear the same thing repeated when you hear something repeated yeah I tend to think, hang on a minute, what's what's God trying to say here? What what's God getting my attention about? Uh, that's why I pulled that funny face. Yeah. Where else do you want to go? Uh, out of the cave? No. <laughs> um, well, we talked about masculinity, didn't we? And yeah, I guess did. part part of what the the book talks about, JV mentions, is about um, men being created as God's instrument to help the people in our lives feel safe physically, spiritually, emotionally, and that's, that's what Jesus did. Yeah. Again, that picture of um, being protective, taking responsibility, um, that, uh, yeah, being a, a champion, an empower of people, women especially. Mm. Again, Jesus was that example. Um, I think sometimes masculinity, I know that term toxic masculinity, yeah. can be so synonymous, they're different things. Mm. Like not all masculinity is toxic. No correct masculinity isn't um, and so I think Jesus gives us that example um, and um, 
the, the other thing the book talks about is about how um, we're to sort of it says real men uh, contend on behalf of those who may look to us for physical, emotional, spiritual sustenance and shelter. So we're there's a bit of proactivity again there, not just a bit like the proactively pursuing God, but actually proactively yeah. pursuing genuine um, masculinity that cares for others um, and puts them first, I suppose. Yeah, and I think he talks, doesn't he, about the whole the whole idea of um, the wall. You know, he mentions the wall being a wall yeah. for those who are under our care so that we, we're a protective wall yes. for them. And I think that, I, I like that. I don't think it's patriarchal and I don't think it has to be that. I think it's just using our strengths for positive ways, isn't it? To 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 protect, yeah. to support and... and but that's um, but that, that's who that's who God is, and that's who God always intended His yeah, people to be, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. The Bible talks so much about caring for and protecting widows and orphans and the vulnerable. That there's pictures painted in the Psalms and in, in the prophetic books about sheltering under God's wings. Um, Jesus talks about being a, like a mother hen, and, and so you get this concept, don't you, that God is wanting to protect and to shelter, and as as His people, that's that's our responsibility that's why why yeah. he's put us on this earth to to be his image bearers as uh protect protectors i suppose but not in a yeah not in a oh i'm a protector yeah 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 absolutely did i ever tell you the story about me uh and the two girls in the co-op <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> is this a joke no no okay. this, is, this is a proper this is a proper story where it for me it, it just something's happened and it crystallizes something in okay. my mind so um, this was uh, earlier in the year. Uh, I know we're only in January, but I think it was—I think it was this year or, or late December. I can't remember quite exactly when it was. But anyway, I went down to the local co-op in in our village um, to buy some lunch for for us. Um, and um, I went around. I got what I wanted. I went to the—they've got these uh, self-help pay and tills things. And uh, I saw these two girls. They must have been. I'm saying girls, they were probably late teens, early 20s. And they were talking to uh, the court staff, and the court staff had their phones out, and they were, they were clearly looking at something on the phone. And, uh, and the girls were looking a little bit worried and a bit stressed, and, and, and the court staff were trying to explain to them, you go this way, and, and drive down there, and all of this. It was a, and so I was eavesdropping as it was happening. And it turned out that they were looking for a petrol station, Right, the nearest petrol yeah. station because they didn't have much petrol in their car at all. Okay, right, um, and um, so I'm, I'm paying for my stuff, and I'm bear in mind I've got my wife and my my son at home waiting for their lunch, and I can hear this conversation going on in my ear, um, and I just felt the Holy Spirit was just like he was just you know we just poke in, yeah. And, you know. So I went out and said, sorry, I I don't mean to eavesdrop, but. I, but I, are you, but I have, yeah. Um, are you looking for a petrol station? And the one girl turned to me and she said, I literally have no petrol in the car. I need to get, you know, and they were telling, yeah. they were telling them to go to Bangor, which is about eight miles away, you know. Right. Um, so I said, so what do you, why, why don't you just jump in your car, follow me, and I'll take you to the nearest petrol station. And if you run out of petrol, at least I'm there and I can go and get you some. Very chivalrous. You well literally 
you're covered, yeah. right? And they went, oh, right, great. So, so that, that's what we did. We drove yeah. the less than a mile to the nearest <laughs> petrol station. Right, it was about a mile and a half yeah. to the nearest petrol station. And we pulled into the, into the court, got them there. I unwound my window. They pulled up alongside me. And I said, look, now, when you go up to you go straight back onto the A55. There's a roundabout there. You can go east, you can go west, whatever way you want to go. Yeah. And one of the girls, you could see she was welling up. Because that doesn't happen. People just don't do that anymore. Don't no, don't help. And we'll for me, and, and it was in the middle of reading this, and I'm thinking, isn't that what? It, I don't know them, but I, what I did know was they were young enough to be my daughters. Yeah. And if my daughters that I don't have were in that situation, yes. I would hope that somebody would do yeah. that for them. Um, but that's 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 for me that feels like masculinity. That's that's using what God has given me yeah. to be a wall to protect, support, and give to two people who need that at that moment in yeah. time. Yeah, and I love what that <clears throat> I love how the book or JV puts it in a book. He says, "As you walk in your masculine presence, it won't look." Or you will not look exactly the same as the men around you. It's no. not about being a carbon copy. It's about following the principles of, of godly masculinity set down correctly for us in Jesus. Yeah. But hinted at through others in, in the Bible, like David at various points. Um, and, and it's going to look different for us, but the, the, the themes or the... There's going to be similarity across there. There's going to be that, yeah, yeah. that consistency about Absolutely. it, even though it might look different in our individual contexts. Yeah, and, and the two of us um, uh, in in different in different situations, are, we we both doing chaplaincy at sports clubs. Now, one of the things I hear most regularly in a training session is literally the coaches telling the, the players, "Play the game that's in front of you." Yeah, just play, play the game in front of you. You can't you can't manipulate the situation. Yes. So that it's what you want to play. You have to play what's in front of you. And react and do yes. that, and that's the same in life, isn't it? You play what's in front of you. you yeah. So your masculinity is going to be responding to what's in front of you, and you yes. may never ever be in a situation where two girls in a co-op need you to to take to a petrol station, but you may be in another situation where all of the same virtues need to be summoned. Yes. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So yeah, I think. Yeah. I think for me that's the that's the key there, um, and then that takes us on nicely to um, another thing which I think um, I I was really encouraged by, and that was the "we're never alone" bit. Um, says JV says notice that never once in this narrative does it say that the Lord ever left David and was not with him. David was scared. David was anxious. David was fearful of his life being taken. And yes, David even does some stupid and sinful things. But never once do we read that David was alone and that God was not with him. Yeah. I love that. Because to be fair, um, I love coming onto a podcast like this and sharing all the great stuff that I do. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> it's brilliant. But actually, there's some bonkers stuff that I do as well. Yeah. And stuff that, that like literally just blows it in the moment. Yes. And to know that God never leaves me, even in those moments. 
True. That's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah. This <clears throat> massive encouragement, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. To know that he's only <laughs> that sort of one prayer away, as it were, if we do feel like we've drifted or yeah, we've yeah. Uh, lost sight. Yeah. Because I think um, I think the enemy, um, Satan, whatever you you know, I think he wants us to to believe that we are on our own. Yeah. Oh, it's easier to pick off. Yeah. We were talking before weren't we, about the sort of the Serengeti. No, we were talking yeah. about uh, wildebeests and how when a, a lion or a, you know uh, a cat uh, is on the prowl for its uh, lunch, it will pick off the the weakest wildebeest, the lone beast that's left yeah. behind. You get the stampede moment, the one that can't quite run or has taken the wrong turning, and so yeah, it's, the, being picked off if you're on your own is is easier for him to do. Um, and so the first way we're not alone <laughs> is yeah, by yeah. being with God, is by pursuing that relationship with him first, as we've talked about. The second yeah. way, which we've talked about multiple times on this, um, in these podcast conversations under our uh, previous branding, um, is that uh, the, the importance of community, the importance of a band of brothers. Um, and this book talks about it again. Yeah. David had... Uh, eventually, in the cave, he had a group of mighty men around him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah four hundred of them. He did. Didn't do too badly there. But uh, that that concept of band of brothers uh, is really important to not be on our own because it means we can't be picked off easy uh, as well. I think he talks about like uh, mentors and sages in our lives yeah, as well, didn't he? Did, yeah. uh, sage. I'm guessing he's not talking about the herb, um, but uh, people. Or the Americans say herb? Herb. Have the you post that? Yeah, you have, yeah. Ba- basil rather than basil. Um, basil. <laughs> imagine that in Faulty Towers. Um, so uh, basil, I don't know where I'm going with that. Faulty. Basil Faulty. <laughs> Simple. Yeah. Uh, basil. Um, gee, uh, don't I don't know where I've the gone. and sages. I don't know where I've gone. Where was it going, John? Bring it back quick. <laughs> okay, I will bring it back. Um, so, uh, the enemy fears the relationship you will have with sages and mentors in your life. Yes. And he will try to keep you from engaging with them or in them. Yeah. The um, enemy doesn't want you to be taught and schooled in the things of God. I love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, again, it's not just having peer relationships, is it? It's having those others who have maybe been around the block, those, those, those guys... And people who are a little bit further on in years or experience, yeah. and saying, "Help!" or "Or instruct me now," yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I don't need to say "Help." As uh, learning from mistakes, whatever that looks like. But actually, sometimes we have to pursue that relationship ourselves. Like we have to pursue God. We have to pursue a mentor. They're not just going to turn up on our doorstep, knock the door. Yeah. I've come to mentor you. Like we have to, I don't know why they speak like that. Um, we have to maybe go out and find them. <laughs> so Mr. Bean. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Bean has or come Kermit to... the Frog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, I've come, to, I've come to mentor you. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Mentors. Yeah. Joking aside, it's a really important issue this. Because David had Samuel, didn't he? And yeah, I yeah. guess that's the example that might be later on in the book. Was Samuel his mentor? Well, Samuel anointed him, didn't he? So yeah. if he mentored him. And he, he later on had wise counsel in the, the person of Nathan, didn't he? So maybe yeah, not yeah. a mentor, but, or God. But yeah, there are, yeah, there's sure. a need for us to have there is, mentors. So you said that mentors don't just turn up, knock on your door. No. And in a funny voice. So <laughs> Offer to mentor you. <laughs> Can I mentor you? Yeah. Or whatever it was that you said. Um, 
So, okay, what about those of us who are, like, listening in on this and like, like okay, actually, do you know what? It would be really helpful if, if I could have somebody who would, somebody in my life who would mentor me yeah. or um, encourage me um, in the th- and school me in the school things me. of God. Yes. Um, what, what does it look like in your experience um, to pursue that as something in your life? Have you ever, have you ever done it or not? Had a mentor? Yeah. Or pursued? Or did, 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 have, you ever, have you ever been in a situation where you didn't have one, you thought, actually, I really do want one? Do you just pray? Do you? What, what does that look like? Do you? Do you? Do you? I, I'm assuming you get involved with a with a a group of guys, um, a men's group in your local church, whatever. You look out for the wise men in that group. You hang out with them. You. Yes. Doesn't so, need to, I guess it doesn't need to be a formal relationship, really, does no, it? No. But it can be that. So I think outside of a sort of Christian man world. Context for a moment. I remember back to a time in my career in the police when I was looking to get promoted, and mentoring was seen as a good tool, helpful moment. It maybe ticked a box or was a helpful way of demonstrating that you were into personal development as well as actually getting the help and guidance. And so I remember there was like a list, a bank list of potential people that had been trained as mentors um, and were like further on at various different stages. And I remember looking through this list, trying to work out who had what I either was missing or who had the right experience that would that I needed mm. to gain. Um, and so you sort of found that person and you reach out to them and say, look, I'm looking for a mentor. Your name's on this list would you be up for being my mentor? And it's a bit cheesy and it's a little bit cringe. It felt a bit awkward asking that question. Mm. Um, And then I, thankfully he said yes. And so we had a few times to meet up and chat. Um, And sometimes they were very structured and very formal. Other times it was a case of, let's just have a conversation. And it was a lot of him asking questions, (laughs) me answering them. There wasn't always a, there wasn't always a lot of like, well, this is the right thing to do, or this is the wrong thing, don't do this. But helping me lead to making some conclusions for myself about what I needed to do or what I needed to um, develop uh, and opportunities like that. And I think that's that's kind of healthy mentoring. It's not just a case of a mentor sitting down and saying, right, right, son, do this, don't do that. It's a case of what, 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 what do you think? Mm. To, you know, or asking a specific context-based question like, what did you do when this when this situation happened? How did you respond? What would you do differently next time? And then offering some advice and just saying, look, as, as a mentor, I don't necessarily have it all right, but mm. here's, here's my experience, here's my advice. Uh, so that was in that context. And then like outside of that, in terms of like faith and Christianity, I think if you're in a church, maybe someone in leadership would be a good person to ask. It doesn't have to be the pastor or the mm. leader. Um, but someone maybe even outside of your church if you're a pastor or a leader yourself you probably want to find someone that's yeah. that's maybe a peer but has done a little bit more 
than you or a bit further on than you that you can learn from. But don't be, don't be, don't be close to the, the fact you might help be helping that mentor too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it's not a peer-based relationship, there can still be opportunities to gain from mentoring. Yeah. But I think it does require a sort of a dogged pursuit sometimes. It requires intentionality, yeah, doesn't it? Does. it? And I think... And as the mentee, to be the one doing the, the chasing, don't expect the mentor to sort of necessarily yeah. check in with you. Because it's not a pastoral relationship. It's a bit different to that, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because if you read the Psalms, right, many of which were written by David, Yeah. how many times are you reading David calling out to God? Yeah. You know, um, searching for God. It's yeah. not that God has gone anywhere, but even with our relationship with God, there's a certain amount of expectancy from God that we're going to pursue him, isn't there? Yeah. So in every relationship, when when we're yeah. in that position. You're right. It's yeah. like the the mentee yes. pursues the mentor. Yeah. Um, and obviously the mentor doesn't play hard to get or anything like that. But no. but it's but that's it, and, and there's something that happens within us when we chase after. We're yeah. chasing after what we want to become. Yes. And just as you were talking, I was I was gotten really mindful of the of the, the stages of of manhood, if you like, yeah. you know, we all start as the boy, yeah. the young kid, then we become the man, yeah. then we become, I think it's the king, yeah. and then we become the sage. And it's like that stage <laughs> of, of life where yeah. we are, we're in one of those, those, those stages every point in our lives. And um, so for me, it's, it's interesting having a conversation with a colleague yesterday and realising, you know, there are certain things I can't do anymore and I need to I need to have that almost be sacrificial because I love everything that I do. That's yeah, To say, right, I'm not the right person to do that anymore, but I might be the right person to help somebody else yeah. take that on and and even do it better than I ever did it myself. Yeah. And, and and is that is that the point where you become you're going from like king stage into sage stage you know whatever but there's a process isn't there and that's that's the whole point of yeah again it comes back to our masculinity that we don't we've never arrived have we we just yeah. constantly move on to the next stage to the next stage to the next stage and ultimately then god says right that's it Come on, I've got a place for you. Come on, come yeah. home. You know, um, and I'm facing that right now in terms of um, I still want to be mentored. I yes. love being mentored, but I also I need to mentor others. Yes, for sure. I can't not mentor. I'm. I'm. You've got wisdom to pass on, yeah. even if we've all got wisdom to pass on. Even if our wisdom is the sum of our mistakes, so that people don't make the same mistakes. Which is humanity. Yeah. That's the whole point of it, isn't it? That actually, and that's the bit where we, we can just give ourselves a break, be gentle and kind on ourselves, because all these mistakes that we are learning from as we go along, they are not wounds that, that, that limit us. Yeah. They are wounds that will help us to help others. Yeah. They are, the, they are the, the mistakes are the rocks upon which we climb. If, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's massive, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, don't over, don't underestimate it. No. Um, is there anything else that you want to bring out from this chapter? Because I've got one more thing, but um, I don't think so. I think we've gone through. Um, we've sort of crisscrossed across, crisscrossed across yeah. uh, my highlights, as it were. Go on. What's your thing? So my last thing is this, and I, I've really got passionate about this. Okay. Now, is the synergistic power <laughs> of a band of brothers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I love the fact that that. Um, that JV is honest about both sides of this because this is a coin that's definitely got two sides to it. Yes. The synergistic power of a gang in a in a city or wherever gangs are who have lost their way and are angry creates a lot of damage, a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. Yep. But the synergistic power of a bunch of godly guys, guys who want to be like Jesus, is limitless. Yeah. What a band of brothers who all want to pursue God. Yes. Um, what that means in a in its collective power, yeah. the enemy can't, the can't handle. No. The momentum of that is is immense. It really is, isn't yeah. it? It's that spurring one another on, isn't it? To keep to keep going, to keep moving, to keep advancing, to keep growing, yeah. And for me, um, I think that's 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 where we as, like, you know, obviously um, I'm leading CVM Cymru across the whole of Wales. That's what we're after yeah. as a ministry. And I guess, um, I guess in, in terms of, like you with with sports chaplaincy as well, and, and all of us involved there, it it's that collective power, isn't it? Yeah. It's that everybody's on the same mission. Yes. And what that means to to a, a world that's basically without hope. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unquantifiable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's that. <clears throat> it's not about the power of collectivity. It's about the power of being connected to God first, which we've talked about, and then the fact that God connects us with other people yeah. um, who are also pursuing him. It means that together he's able to do incredible things. I mean, Jesus said, didn't he, to his disciples who were that collective unit, that band of brothers, you know, you will do greater things than me. Yeah. And he did not say that to one individual, no. did he? No. Because that's what I think we can sometimes... He didn't put all his eggs in one basket. No, <laughs> but the point being is, you, you you can read that verse and say, "Wow, I personally, me, I'm going to do greater things than Jesus." Well, actually, probably not. Maybe. Yeah. But when you are part of that community, yes, that community of people who love Jesus and are allowing Him to shape their lives, then collectively, that is, you will do even greater things. Yeah. And that's the whole. That's the whole point of the the wildebeest not getting, um, getting chewed. Well, getting yeah. <laughs> picked off. <laughs> getting picked off because he's he's left the group, and it's the point of when we go to the cave. Yes, it's good to go to the cave on our own and have a personal relationship yeah. with God and spend time with God. And yes, absolutely do that. But also go to the cave with a band of brothers. Yes. Yeah. Be accountable to each other, call each other out, yep. but strengthen uh, each other, encourage each other. Yeah, yeah, 
no place to hide. Yeah. But you, we, we just grow together. We, we deal with stuff. It's epic. Yeah, it is. It's really, really <laughs> yeah. powerful. And that's the point. And I think this is where... Uh, what excites me now across the course of like 2023 is you and I um, start to unpick this stuff yeah. and we go further into the cave yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I, hope got, I hope we've got a torch yeah <laughs> yes. but we'll explore healthy relationships yeah and that's that's going to be health, healthy relationships across the board but certainly as a band of brothers yes healthy relationships men as a, as a group of men none of whom have not cocked it up and yeah. failed on multiple occasions, but we all have that heart and desire to be more like God. Yeah. All working together, all encouraging each other, all spurring each other on. And where does that take us? Yeah. What does that what does that look like? And that that, that really does look like us as individual men walking solidly in our masculine identity yeah or god's masculine identity for us yes and also being that wall of protection for for our families for our communities for our neighborhoods for whatever that looks like and literally um and i i I don't want to i don't want to um soften this in any way but give the enemy a real good kick in (laughs) Because that's what we're here for, isn't it? To yeah. stop him having the influence that he has. Yeah. And for us to bring the kingdom in every day, in every way. Yes. Um, and we can't do that without the synergistic power of a, of a band of brothers or a community of yes. faith. Yes. Because this isn't just about men, is it? This no, is no. That, that synergistic power is all of us, men, the women and children, to, isn't it? It's, it's, just, a, it's the opposite to the individualistic Culture yeah, of, absolutely. That synergistic power of, of, of pursuing God together, yeah. pursuing God for and with one another, and fueled up by His by his Spirit and yeah. empowered by His Word as well. That's the other important thing, isn't it? And, yeah. and again, we'll unpack that as JV does throughout yeah. the book. Can I put you on the spot? Ask you one question. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. David Weir. Say it honestly. Yes. What's one thing that you think in your life that you could, you need to do, you know, you need to do something about? Do, do you see what I mean? Just that, that kind of, from this chapter. Yeah, 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 think, from this chat. From this chapter, what is the one thing you think, actually, do you know what, I need to change that in my life? Um, pursue, consistently pursue a mentor, as in have a mentor that I'm then consistently in contact with and making time to learn from and what about you um i i need to go to the cave for me personally yeah i've got to stop hiding behind the fact that i engage with the bible and i pray and i do all of these things which which we all should do yeah we need to do but i do it because of what i do Okay. Yeah. And I, I, um, I, I've been a, a I've been um, a real tinker. Let's <laughs> say that a real tinker uh, for uh, neglecting um, my own personal well-being. Yeah. And for on the excuse that, well, if I'm preparing stuff for that group there or that 
there or whatever then I'm feeding myself and preparing for stuff yep. is not feeding Correct. yourself it's not it's very different because it's not relationship then is it praying so, and praying you're right it's good spending time with the bible just to get sermons and talks and stuff out of it is you're going to get hungry very quickly it's shallow isn't yeah it? yeah and, and the chapter talks about sustenance from the word of yeah, god yeah. spiritual sustenance and you've got to do that for yourself first yeah, before absolutely. you can feed others and i think that that's the that's the that's your um, one thing that's my one thing I, a couple of days ago i put a tweet out um which said uh that i was i was just an honest tweet i, I you know i'm feeling feeling a bit tired feeling the effects of some some sort of burnouty kind of stuff you know not not i'm not there and, and I, I wanted to share on the basis of vulnerability and and, and i i kind of ended the tweet with uh so people be kind you know be kind of yourself be intentional look after yourselves and the amount of people who came back and said you've got to look after yourself because you can't look after anyone else yeah. if you're not looking after yourself first yeah and I think that's that's key and I think that is that is my weakness and that goes back to what we said right at the beginning isn't it not right at the beginning but earlier on mm. is that Jesus pursued that relationship with God the Father first yes so and like you did the other day when you went to the beach yeah. do that more often yeah absolutely Listen to your wife. She Listen sounds, to she my wife. Wise. She she's always got her head screwed on. In <laughs> fairness, so uh, well, it's yeah. It's just, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there, isn't it? I I I think I I, I messaged you tonight the other day and said, "Man, this is just like I've got so much work to do personally." <laughs> I like, really feel like I have, um, but it's been great talking about all of this stuff. And yes, and I look forward to. I do look forward to going deeper, exploring it a bit more, and. Um, yeah. Into the cave. Cave, cave, cave. Into the cave. Yeah, Danarogov. Let's go to, let's go to Danarogov. Let's go there together. Axerogov. Axerogov. Hoyerbauer. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, um, thanks for listening. Um, I just want to say um, it would be really good if you um, link in with us, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's always a good place to go to. Yeah. Um, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, wherever you love to get your podcasts from. Um, to come on this journey with us over the coming year. And um, yeah, get onto Twitter. Just do a search for Straight Talk um, and you'll find us there. We would love to engage with you and have conversations with you as well and talk about the stuff that really matters to you. Um, throughout the year John it has been really good um, yeah. talking to you yeah doing Edrich and Line is Sharad and Vian Eto Avi Unweird <laughs> Unweird Where do you play now? Where do you play now? Take care What about